Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 60 of the show. Episode 60, a monumental number of episodes has been created of the Brett Pella Show. And we're here today with my good buddy, Daniel Eaches. Dan Eaches, comedian, hilarious dude. I did a comedy festival with Dan Eaches up in Sacramento years ago where I took third place and he took first place. And I completely forgot to bring that up to him because my competitive ass still thinks I should have won it, but that's okay because he won it and he's a funny, funny man and I love him for it. Um, Dan Eaches tours all over. He just released a brand new book called A Day at the Zoo in 2062. It is a collection of short stories, all humorous and funny nature um and he's a really funny dude and i know you'll enjoy this episode we talk about comedy and all things stand up and about his new book and uh, a lot of other fun stuff um this episode of the show is brought to you by cognobiotics from bioptimizers you know them you love them come on baby go buy this shit so that they can keep paying me all right because your boy needs to make rent this month and the sponsors sponsor the show so we sponsor the sponsors cognobiotics is a brain uh and body um, beneficial supplement. I don't know what, how else to say that uh, because I don't have the copy that they sent me right in front of me so I can't read the email from the company. I'm just speaking from my heart right now, okay? And my heart is telling me to say the truth. And the truth is I take two of these a day and I notice uh, a clear difference in my brain function and my body as part of a healthy routine. It, 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 for me, it's, it's a healthy routine. I add these to my regular exercise, healthy eating, and it all combines together to help me optimize my health in the best way that I can. Um, get a discount at cognibiotics.com slash Brent Pella, and they will also send you a free book called The Biological Optimization Blueprint, which has a bunch of awesome nutrition and health info to help you live a happier, healthier life. Cognibiotics.com slash Brent Pella. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Blocks, uh, my favorite blue light blocking glasses. As you know by now, um, I wear these every night when I'm editing or watching TV late at night or staring at my screen for no reason. And they help block the artificial blue light that comes in from digital devices that actually interrupts your um, melatonin production. Melatonin being the hormone that helps you helps your body enter its natural sleep cycle. Get 15% off at blueblocks.com slash Brent. Uh, use discount code Brent at blueblocks.com and enjoy okay favorite glasses favorite supplement favorite glasses and dan eaches one of my favorite dudes awesome guy good buddy of mine um follow him online dan eaches e-a-c-h-u-s and enjoy this fun conversation that we have okay here it is heck if i say anything funny i'm just gonna just look right at there yeah there you go So where are you going coming up? The Looney Bins? Looney Bins, yeah, some random shows. Cool. Are you excited to get back? In Florida. Or going to Florida, too. Oh, dude, Florida's insane. That's what I've heard. We went to Florida. <laughs> I went there with JP in August, and it was um, the weekend that they lifted all the mask mandates. And That's so, surprising they even had any. Yeah, <laughs> it is, actually. Yeah, I, I was surprised they had any, and they lifted them, and, and they called JP, and they were like, hey, do you want to open up more tickets? And he was like, yeah, and they sold out immediately. <laughs> Florida just gives no fucks, dude. That's what I've heard. I'm going yeah. to, like, well, I'm going all over Florida, but also, like, north, like no, up the panhandle, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. What clubs are up there? Uh, they're is that, like, all, Jacksonville? They're all one-nighters. Not, uh, I'm not heading to Jacksonville, but, like, I'm talking, like, what, like my buddy... It all started because my one of my best friends like uh, lives there now. He moved there. His wife's like on the uh, uh, military base uh, mm-hmm. near Pensacola, so he like 
kept like, come visit, come visit. But I was like, I bet I could set up a run. And so cool. that's what I was doing. I was just hitting up people left and right. I kept asking people, do you know any shows in North Florida? And they're like, dude, there's nothing. <laughs> but then I found, uh, found some. So. That's great. Yeah. What, what are the venues like? Are they going to be like restaurants with little side yeah, theater everything. type setups? Um, bar, restaurants. Dude, sometimes those are like the most fun places. Yeah. Because people... Like it feels like a little more special because it's like you're doing something in a place where that type of thing never happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's usually like a small town that never has stuff going on. Exactly. So then they they just get even more rowdy. Yeah, because I mean those are the ones that make stories. You know? yeah, I, yeah. I feel like nobody tells their friends like, "Oh, it's crazy. We saw a super funny comic at a comedy club." And they're like, "Oh, okay." But if you're like, "Dude, I saw this yeah. super funny dude in an ice cream parlor." <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, tell me about that. <laughs> That'll be fun, dude. Yeah, getting back has been awesome. Uh, I really only took like two or three months off in the summer. Like I was telling you, I started going out with JP. Yeah. Um, Do you have any like anxiety to get back out on the road after so much time off? I did all those virtual shows. I did virtual shows almost every night. Like Zoom shows? Yeah, so I started my own. Um, I was like, you know what? Let me start. I've never live streamed before. Let me start live streaming. So I did comedy for like no actual audience members other than the the chat. Was that Lonely Daniel, Daniel yeah, Live? Yeah, I yeah. Did that. I did, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so I did those. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did uh, Instagram with mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did it on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I ended up doing like 320 of them or something. Oh, my God. Who's counting? You that's know? so many. Yeah. Holy shit. So it was like every night. So I was treating them like an open mic. So I would like... I, because I was doing a rotation, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So I would try the same set for three nights because I had kind of a different audience. Mm-hmm. And it, it was never huge. It was always like five to ten people most mm-hmm. of the time. But uh, it was like, yeah, it felt like, an open, honestly, that's a, that's an open mic in LA. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's kind of more than a lot of open mics in LA. Oh, I've done way worse than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So to have like five to ten random people who aren't comics watching me uh, every night, it was like, it was great. I was trying new stuff. I was, uh, you know, putting bits in there. And I, I would say like maybe anywhere from two to four times a month, I would get like Zoom shows. And I would test stuff at a real audience. And I did a, a handful, maybe like five in-person shows throughout 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was good. And then I'd schedule like, yeah, I'm going to do an hour set tonight. And yeah. I was just keeping sharp. So Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I feel like a lot of people just took it as like a time off mm. type thing and didn't do anything to keep working um so that's cool that you like like the people i saw doing the most i think are going to come back come back the strongest you did 320 of those (laughs) that's insane to me that's so crazy i don't know if it's impressive or sad (laughs) i mean it's definitely both but you have the impressiveness of it in there for sure um so that's really cool so are you coming back with a lot of new material yeah, I have From a lot of new that? stuff. You know, it's funny. I just did this last weekend in uh, Escondido. They have a comedy club there, the Grand Comedy yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a fun, uh, super fun weekend. And uh, I was telling, like, some of the – it's been fun connecting with other comics, some, like, who have done shows, some who have done virtual shows, some who haven't done any. And it's funny, like, the thing that feels – the only thing that's it's it's not off, but like the the biggest challenge isn't material for me. It's those like, you know how like someone, somebody yells something or you see somebody in the crowd and you're you're naturally like as a comic you're like oh I should go into this bit and then yeah. you go into that bit. It's those things that are like yeah slower right now. Yeah 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 yeah. And I'm yeah. like oh I gotta 
I'm normally, why would I, why did I do that bit? Like yeah. me last year would have never gone into that bit right now. Yep. Um, so stuff like that. Yeah. The, the pacing and the cadence of uh, kind of like the mechanics of making a set flow were like the biggest challenges for me. Yeah. Um, coming back into it. Cause uh, when I first started going back on the road, it was like once a month and I stopped doing the zoom shows. I just, it mm. wasn't for me. Yeah. It's yeah. for some people it's, and that's great. And it's not for others. And that's great too. For and, about three people yeah. right? <laughs> of all. And so I wasn't doing that. And so I, I would do like a full weekend of like eight shows back to back to back and then have like a month of nothing mm. and just video. I mean, videos, you know, and doing video stuff, but that's, very different. That's a very different performance medium than stand-up. Yeah. So I would find myself like being really sharp by that eighth out of eight show <laughs> and then waiting a whole month and losing it and then like be getting sharp by the end of it again and then waiting another month. Um, but now I'm, I'm starting to feel the rhythm again and there's more live opportunities. So yeah, yeah it's funny. I it again. feel uh, cheesy making this analogy, but it is a lot like football in terms of like being a quarterback where I felt like yeah, I, I worked out and I practiced throwing the ball a bunch, but then like yeah. you get thrown on the show, we're like, oh shit, I'm about to get hit. Like, yeah, yep. this is a little different. I yep. gotta like diagnose things quicker. Yeah, totally, That's totally. What it feels like yeah, um, but you're protected because you got that Bill Bill Gates juice. I have it in bro. me, bro. Yeah, flowing, flowing through the biceps. <laughs> I told him, I said, inject me where it counts, right there. <laughs> <laughs> right in the arm, baby. Oh man, dude! Did any of your stuff get more political during 2020, or did no. you kind of stick to your typical flow? Yeah, I stick to what I know. I, you know, it's just like, of course, we all have opinions about everything, but it was just like, you know, it, it was a good time to reflect. And you sit there and you reflect, and you go, "Does anyone need need to hear my opinion about?" Sure, sure, no, sure. They don't. I, yeah, I'll, I'll give them what they do need to hear my opinion on. Which is, <laughs> Um, beanies and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> why oral. Tic Tacs are so weird. That's what <laughs> yeah, they need. Yeah, yeah, and different types of sandwich lettuce. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, I went. I got fully political, and I just my Did brain really? was like breaking. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, half my set. You're talking oh, stand up wise, yeah, stand up wise and video wise for sure. Yeah. But I just like, I I just kind of like it was very therapeutic for me. I think to start putting out like political videos, I could kind of express my thoughts and I mean I can sum it up by saying both every side has an extreme that too many people are in oh, the extreme yeah. and so I started trying to get that out and like voicing opinions on that and obviously I lost a bunch of people gained a bunch of people and um it's just been interesting it's a question I have for a lot of comics is like mm -hmm. how how did 2020 change your set if at all um, so it's cool that you recognize <laughs> that no one needs to hear your voice. Maybe no one needs to hear what I have to say about, you know, politics too. But I was just so fucking like, I just felt like I was getting beat up by the news every day. So yeah, I yeah. had to, I felt like I needed to push back a little bit. Well, yeah. I question them for you that came up. So, cause you've done a lot of like Gavin Newsom videos and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Or obviously we know in California what's going on. Do you. Do you feel, do other, have you seen like responses and people like in Nebraska? Or, yeah. Oh, really? They're, yeah. They're following yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. What I've been told after shows outside of California is people come up to me and say, hey, dude, like, I don't know how you put up with Gavin. I only know about him through your videos. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you should probably do some research. Um, but a lot <laughs> of people have came up to me saying they started figuring out what's going on with Newsom and his policies 
first because of my videos and then because they look into it after and actually look at it. And I mean, at this point, I'm uh, very anti-Gavin. I'm just not a fan of the guy, and I think he's got to go. You should um, run for governor, bro. I would love to run for governor, dude. <laughs> uh, I just want to be a famous celebrity first um, because typically that's how it works. You know Caitlyn Jenner is running? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner is like leading the Republican charge to take over, which is how very is not, scary. Yeah. How is that not surprising, though? At the it's also time? not surprising, yeah. yeah, which is hilarious. Um, but... Yeah, uh, a lot of people know Gavin just the way a lot of people know about the Florida governor lifting mandates and stuff yeah, like true. that. It, like the Florida governor DeSantis, Texas governor Abbott, and California governor Newsom, and New York's Cuomo. Those are the four like governors that rose to this A-list notoriety hmm. over the past year because everything they did made headlines because they're all very much in their own parties and like not willing to cross with other political ideologies when they're making their policies. At least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Um, so the Gavin stuff is funny because I still get people commenting like, bro, I live in Idaho and like, this is so funny to me. Like I just sit back <laughs> and watch you guys. Uh, so it's, it's funny. Um, but I've also been, you know, called out by a lot of people for doing that. Cause yeah, a lot yeah. of, a lot of people think that you shouldn't be making fun of, Gavin because he's doing his best or like he's mm. really trying hard. And I, I mean, that's just where a difference of opinion comes in. Sure. I, I mean, I, yeah. When it comes to like entertainment, which at the end of the day is what we're doing, you know, it's just like, there's so much out there. It'd be different if it was a monopoly and there was one comedian and yeah, it, it's like, if you don't like it, like there's, a billion other there's options. There's so much for you. more, man. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more. Move on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got people that'll leave a negative comment on every Gavin video, specifically just the Gavin videos, oh, wow. as if they're trying to prove a point. And they'll call me like a Republican or like a far right conspiracy theorist. And it's like, dude, to me, it's open season on everybody. Yeah. If you do something stupid, you should be mocked. I don't care if you're AOC or Donald Trump Jr. Like, right. If there's a reason. Um, but a lot of people think like certain people are untouchable, you know, do you, do you hmm. think, um, from somebody who like, doesn't do a lot of like political leaning stuff, mm. do you ever see political comedy and think like, Oh, that guy must be on the right or the left. Or do you think like, Oh, that's just kind of a comedian trying stuff out. It's tough, man, because even even not in comedy, you'll see I've, I feel like I've heard so many stories about like, oh, this like this super right wing uh, news reporter is secretly liberal and, and this person is secretly, you know, Republican yeah. and all that. It's like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know how many times like I mean, you've seen it. You talk to a comedian after a show, you might mention a bit and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's not true at all. I'm married or something. Right, like, right, right. You yeah. know, and you're yeah. just like, I don't know what to believe with comics. So it's like I don't take any of it to heart at yeah. all um but i yeah i'm sure obviously you know there's there's people who go up there and it is just a soapbox um yeah but those people don't normally last long anyway so <laughs> yeah that's the thing yeah um so it's been fun it's been fun yeah. it's the the biggest risk i think i've ever taken was getting into pol political comedy in 2020 never did it before ever mm. didn't touch it um so it's been cool. It's been a cool like learning experience, you know? Yeah. 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 I feel like with me, I, I know you were asking like, oh, how's my 
comedy changed. Uh, for me, I don't know because I turned thirty this last year. Congratulations! So I don't know why I whispered that? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know if Hollywood's listening. Yikes! Yeah, I'm still twenty-one. You Hollywood. can still play eighteen. That's all that matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I I don't know if it was that or uh, COVID or just a combination of everything. I felt like I got more confident last year. I don't know. Cool. Of just yeah. like not caring as much, and it, I'm sure it's a mixture of both. Just like uh, growing up, hitting thirty, being like, ah, I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's a huge mixture of everything. I feel the same way, though, now yeah. that you say that. Like, I so don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> and I always, I remember uh, somebody, a manager told me once, like, there's this specific air of not giving a fuck that a lot of successful performers have. Mm. And it's not a douchey thing. It's not like they walk around like, fuck you, fuck you, I don't care about any of you. It's more like, love me or hate me, I don't give a shit. This is who I am, and I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to be positive to the people that are positive to me. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely something to that. There's something to that, that, that feeling of not giving a fuck that is like super confident. It just gives you this confidence boost and you can see it on stage. Yeah. It's the first place you see it is when you, when you walk out onto the stage and you're just like, Oh, that guy, he's got, he's got the stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 It's funny. Cause I, I, I got that exact compliment from a show I did in like it was like July of 2020 I went out and it was like my first in-person show since everything had, had gone down and um, at that point I probably had like two new bits or something and it was a comic I don't like it doesn't matter but I won't name any names or whatever mm -hmm. but it was a buddy of mine that he, he was like oh my god dude like have you just been like writing a ton of material and in my head? I'm like, dude, you've seen me a million times. All like 90% of that was old stuff you've seen for sure. So yeah. maybe he's just not paying attention, but, <laughs> but he was just like, that was like so good. And I, afterwards in my head, I'm like, I think it was just this confidence sort of a thing. This is the yeah. same bits new me. You awesome. Know? Yeah. Know. That's really cool. Um, tell me about your book, bro. I also wrote a book. That's so exciting. Uh, yeah. That, That's so uh, fun. <laughs> Now, it, it, it's not a children's book. No, and I tell people all the time, because it's got that, like, vibe to it. Yeah. You're like, is this going to be a kid's book? And then you open it up and immediately, like, this isn't a kid's book. Oh, that's fun. Um, I, yeah, around summertime 2020, I, like, like everyone was shaving their heads and doing <laughs> coloring their armpits or whatever the, the yeah. hell they were doing. Making I, banana bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, I'm going to redo my whole room. Like, I'm going to move furniture around. I'm going to go through a bunch of stuff I should have thrown away a long time ago. And I found this notebook that I had written literally 10 years almost to the day. Before that, it was all dated. I don't know why I dated it. Like, it was homework. Yeah. But I did. <laughs> and uh, and it was all these short stories that I forgot that I wrote. I had done a 30-day challenge where I challenged myself to write a new short story every day. And I ended up filling up to – I did it for, like, several months and uh, I had all these short stories and I was reading them and I was like, man, some of these are like funny. Like, yeah, there was like 200 there and 10 of them were funny, but it, it was like, some of these are funny and I think I could tighten these other ones up. And I started doing that and I was like, oh, I could rewrite this one. And uh, next thing I know, I, I have like 40 short stories and I was like, wow. I think I can write more. And uh, at that same time, one of my best friends, he was showing me these like funny drawings he had made. He's a really good in illustrator. I was like, dude, why don't you do a drawing for every short story? Make it funny. We'll make a book. And he's like, how do you make a book? And I was like, I have no idea. But we got <laughs> nothing but time to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I did. It's like, uh, it's like forty nine. It's 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 close to fifty short stories, um, all like adult, all 
funny. Is, is there a, a through line for any of the stories? Nope. They're all standalone stories? Yeah. They're all wow. just random. Like, what what inspired the original writing exercise to write a short? It was a short story every day for a month? I Yeah. I actually did. It's crazy to even think about. I did 30 months of 30-day challenges back in the What? <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? Uh, it That's started, crazy. At some point in college, uh, I, I want to say I saw a TED Talk where th- this guy talked about doing a 30-day challenge. And I was like, eh, I could do that. And I wanted to challenge myself. It was a mix. Sometimes it was comedy related. Sometimes it was just random stuff. I know uh, off the top of my head, I know I did one month where I was like, I don't know anything about art, like painting arts. I was like, I'm going to get a famous piece of art from a book. I went to the library. Uh, and I'm going to just look at it for 15 minutes a day. Like. Mm-hmm. Without research, just like, let's see who painted it and see if I can appreciate art after the end of the month. Okay. And uh, <laughs> this is random. Yeah. But I, I liked it. I kept doing, you know, new challenges and making them up. And I got one of my, my roommate uh, at the time involved. Uh, and so he was doing them. We were doing different ones, but we were keeping each other in check. Kind of like, you're doing yours, right? What, what were some of the other challenges? I remember one of them I did... Uh, can't remember the number. I think it was just see how many push-ups I could do every day, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know. You could see my <laughs> stature. <laughs> but uh, at one point, uh, I hit up to, like towards the end of the month, I was up to like seventy-five or something. Straight. Which, yeah, which I'm also like a skate. That's I don't have, good. I don't though. have much weight to. Sure, but body weight wise, that's still. Like very decent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I started at probably fifteen at the beginning of the month. Right. It was just like every day, and. Um, yeah, and I had just, I had stopped for like three weeks. I was like, ah, my month has died and really do them more after, like occasionally I would, but not yeah. regularly. And like, yeah, three weeks after that, uh, we saw, uh, my buddy of mine saw on campus, I was at Long Beach State at the time, push-up contest, see how many you could do. And everyone was bugging me like, dude, you got to do it. Like get back into it and get that number up again. And like, you got to do the contest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, I'm. Back down to like 25 or something. Yeah. I can't do that. And uh, sure enough, I ended up finding out the winner did like 50 or something. And I was like, oh, I would have won. Man. I could have beat that I could have beat that fucking guy. I how ridiculous would that be Damn. if I was the push-up champion of Long Beach State? That would be hilarious, dude. That would be so funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was... Uh, God, man, I did uh, one where I try a new thing every day for 30 days. So I wrote this big list of stuff I'd never done. Like little doable things like... Uh, go a different way home. Uh, have a picnic oh. by yourself at the oh, park. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I know I'd never had sushi at the time. I, that's how I tried wow. sushi and all these weird things like uh, Bloody Mary. I'd never had a Bloody Mary. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, this was in college? You were... It started in college yeah. and then it continued a little bit afterwards, but yeah. Cool. So, cool. yeah, it was one of those was write 30 short stories, uh, you know, one, one short story every day. And that one I kept doing because I was like, oh, this is fun. I like it. And that just, you kept doing that for 30 months? No, that, the, the challenge, short stories, the I, I filled up like two notebooks and I was like, all right, this is cool. done. And then I cool. didn't know, I was like, yeah, just kind of put it away and yeah. that was that. And then when I found it, I was just like, oh man, this is awesome. And I rewrote them and I was like, what do I do with this? I can't. Yeah. The way they're written to you, I'm like, ah, I can't turn them into bits. Like, I don't know what this, you know, what am I going to do with this? And then just they're real legitimate stories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're all fictional. All yeah. like, ju- they're all funny. They're all like, um, comedy slanted. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of elements of humor. Exa- there's one where I mansplain what mansplaining is. Oh, that's um, great. Um, yeah, I made a video like that. Oh, <laughs> did you? Yeah. Really? It's called two men. It's actually all your jokes. <laughs> It's all yeah. my recent videos. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Um, there's some weird one, like one's called like Life's Great Questions, and it's just a list of like oh yeah, funny, that was last week's funny video. questions. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have this Gavin Newsom impression. <laughs> it's really weird to type, but yeah, I think I did it well. comes across. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So what a cool quarantine project. Yeah. Now you got all the ones down that you wanted. You rewrote some of them. You compiled them. You put them in order. Your buddy came on to do the designs, the drawings, the illustrations. Um, And then did you self-publish it or did you bring it to any publishers? Yeah, I self-published it. It's really weird. It's so easy to make a book. Really? That blew my mind. It's easy, but it's... It's not difficult, but it's a long, tedious process. It's just like fill out this form. Now go do this form and then go do And it's all just like, you know, it's not, it's not hard, but it's yeah. like, God, it just took forever to get all this stuff, you know, getting the ISBN and barcode oh, and then right. send this book to Library of Congress and then get this really? number and this thing. And yeah, it's just like to be to be like officially published. Like so that you can be in stores? Yeah, you're supposed to. Well, that's a different number uh, that mm-hmm. you got to get, like CPIC or something. I forget the they all have acronyms and stuff. Yeah. Um, cataloging, publication, and data CPID or I, I don't know. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just like a bunch of that stuff, and then figuring out formality wise too of like, okay, I need to get this printed, so the printing press, like, what do they need from me? Oh, it needs to be a PDF. Oh, it needs to be PDF. This certain size. This yeah. What, what kind of fonts read well? And it was just like a ton of research that was like easily Googleable, Googleable, mm-hmm. but it took me a long time. So yeah. And now you're at the point where is the book out? And like yeah, it's out. I was determined literally January 31st at like 9 p.m. at night. I was talking about. I was like, I'm clicking order right now because I'm determined to do it in 2020 to say that like yeah, I wrote a book this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I did, and then it like. Yeah, got all the books in like mid-January and then February 1st, started selling them. And they're online at zoo2062.com. And the book is called? A Day at the Zoo in 2062. Cool. And is that the title of one of the short stories? Yeah, Sweet. yeah. Felt yeah. like a felt like a cool band thing to do. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. Like bands do that with With, with their names. track names. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome, dude. That is so cool. Um, are you trying to put it in stores anywhere? Like, you know, a little Starbucks front of the shop type deal or like a local coffee shop. Is it that type of thing? I mean, if you're listening and you own a Barnes and Noble, like, yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. put yeah. us there. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it was just like, let's see how many we could sell online just on the website. And um, also dealing with Amazon was a mess. Oh, really? Um, if you own Amazon <laughs> and you're listening, you hear that a Jeff? disaster. Fix your shit. Yeah. Oh God. I don't even want to get into that. That's- yeah. <laughs> like a whole podcast like the whole not even an episode that's a whole podcast oh man what a nightmare um but yeah and then uh merch after shows oh cool do you you travel with it yeah because i i I was like i was telling my buddy uh the one who did the illustrations i was like i really don't know if a book is gonna sell so i was like let me do a few shows let me kind of test the waters and i did like right out of the gates like everyone was buying them and it makes sense it's like there's no no pun intended there's no like shelf life on a book like yeah yeah, you, it's evergreen. You could bring it. Yeah, and it's yeah. fiction too. So it's like, yep. I don't know. Like this book in twenty twenty, you can read in twenty fifty, and there's no. You're not gonna be like, oh, this was written a long time. <laughs> yeah, ago. yeah, like, yeah. It's not know. like a movie that. Yeah, no. The CGI doesn't hold up. I mean, yeah, time. some of the best books were written in like the twenties or something. Right. You know. Um, so I uh, I just threw that number out there. I don't. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I've never read. But. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Yeah, dude. so yeah, they've been so selling cool. well, and yeah, so now it's like a merch. Now I'm the book. Now I'm a book salesman. That's Isn't that funny? We, we get into comedy to sell things. <laughs> I've, I've been bringing shirts on the road and like selling them out, and I find myself rewriting the bit that I used <laughs> to pitch the shirt, and I focus. I I caught myself the other day. I was like, ah, I'm, I'm focusing too much on the bit <laughs> that I say to sell the shirts at the end of the shows, uh, and I've, I got into comedy to sell T-shirts. I guess you did. What happened to socks? You don't do the socks. Anymore. I don't do the socks anymore. The socks were really fun, but uh, no one wants to buy socks for twenty dollars, yeah. and that's how much I got to sell them for to make any type of profit because they cost you, like eight to eleven to print. You just got to get like thirty thousand socks, man, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. get that price. Exactly. Down. Um, in the future, maybe I'll do it. I started using uh, Printful. Do you know what that is? It's no. a third-party website. People can order direct, and they fulfill the order. Oh, and then nice. I just get a cut of the sale. So I don't, I, at first I was mailing everything myself. I, I had all the envelopes yeah. for the shirts and I was packing them myself and adding like stickers and then taking them to the post office. And that was, I did that once for a week and it was a nightmare. I was just like, I cannot, my room was covered in those pieces <laughs> of plastic that you like rip off the envelope to stick it to itself. And <laughs> yeah. then like I was stepping on them everywhere I went cause they're fucking invisible and they're sticking to my feet and I was just like, this is, I am a comedian, not a <laughs> postmaster. Uh, I need a, I need a system. So yeah. now I've been doing it online. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But merch is kind of a nightmare to figure out like what is going to sell and what's not. Are you still selling beanies? I'm doing beanies. Uh, and I got my beanies. I still got my like digital album, which was my stand up album, but it comes in like the digital cards. And oh, so it's cool. like, I, I'm in a good position with merch because every the beanies, digital album, and the book, they're all super easy to travel with. Oh, um, nice. The book isn't too thick and heavy? No, yeah. It's like 130 pages. So it's paperback because I'm not rich. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it's like I could shove all that stuff in a bag. That's why I love the beanies so much because I was like, oh, these don't even get wrinkled. Like I could just yeah. shove them in a duffel bag. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's really cool. Now you went to Long Beach State, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Are you from Long Beach? I'm from Long Beach State. I was born in You're the born gymnasium, <laughs> uh, actually. Uh, no, I'm from uh, Fresno. Good old. Oh, that's right. Yes. You grew up in the Fres. Uh, yes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You got that Fresno energy. Yeah. Yeah. Got that smell. That Fresno smell. Got raisins in my veins. <laughs> Did you start uh, comedy at Long Beach when you were in college? Kind of. So I, yes, I was in college. I was at Long Beach State at the time, but it was like, uh, I did my first, my, it was February, 2009. And so I started hitting these open mics and stuff, but that year was my first year in college. And my first year I was in the dorms. And so about three months into doing open mics and I was doing them regularly, like right out of the gate, I was doing like five a week. Um, wow. Which it was pretty crazy. Freshman, for year? Like, Freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, I felt like I just started to get the groove of just like how open mics work and, oh, this is how comedy works. I got to write bits and all this kind of stuff. And then I had to leave uh, the dorms and my apartment, I wasn't going in an apartment until August. So I, had to, I went back to Fresno for summer for three months. Oh, wow. And I didn't want to, I was like, I just learned this whole new skill. I don't want to stop. And so lucky for me, the month I had kind of moved back to Fresno for the summer, uh, 
they started this comedy show that was essentially, if Fresno ever had a comedy club, this would be the closest it ever, ever got to it. Um, at one point, it got big enough to the, where they were doing like five shows a week there. Um, but yeah, like big, like cool names, like not like huge, huge comics, but like, you know, headliners were coming through mm-hmm. and there wasn't at that time a big comedy scene at Fresno. So they're asking me to feature. Nice. I've been doing open mics for three months. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. got thrown under the bus and just like, cool, you got some material? Well, go ahead, do 20 yeah. minutes. Wow. And it was a great learning experience. And I was, yeah, like I said, like doing actual shows like with headliners and stuff. So I was learning a lot from them. And then when I came back in like August, September of 2009, uh, people were like, one, where the hell have you been? And two, why oh my God, so why do you have all this material now? Yeah. And it's like funny and all that. So um, that was kind of the best thing that could have happened to me. Like nice. learning enough and then getting forced to do a bunch of shows. Yeah. And then coming back and getting back into like LA stuff and then actually kind of starting to get booked doing like opening spots at like actual shows and stuff cool. in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's like you have to force yourself to be in those uncomfortable positions, especially doing comedy and anything live to just like force your way through that suck yeah. process. Cause I'm sure you didn't have 20 minutes, right? Or if you did, you were trying, you were like just really throwing shit together. I, I didn't, I did. I, I have such a weird, you're like, take me down this rabbit hole of like how yeah. weird my like, you know, career or whatever started. I, my, the first show I ever did, I did 45 minutes. Whoa. Because I didn't, I guess so my very first show was in Fresno and it was just kind of a bucket list thing to do before I moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in uh, like summer of 2008. Um, yeah. But I didn't, it was just kind of like, this is a fun thing I'm going to do. I did 45 minutes because I had never been to a comedy show. There were no comedy shows. I had only watched comedy central where people do an hour and yeah. with commercials, that's like 45 minutes. So I was like, cool that's what comedians do they did 45 like the idea of a comic doing five minutes didn't even it didn't even make sense yeah to me. yeah um and it's funny looking back because i got a couple buddies and i was like yeah could you guys open for me and they're like what does that mean i was like just do, just do like 20 just do like 25 <laughs> and they're like dude this is really hard and i'm like dude i'm doing 45 come on yeah like, yeah all right yeah <laughs> but yeah my first show i did 45 um so it made it really easy once I decided, like, you know what? I'm going to go. I didn't even know what an open mic was. But when I found out, I was like, oh, I could, maybe I could do some of this comedy. I, it actually wasn't insanely terrible because I, I made a five-minute set out of this 45-minute set, which, yeah, granted, the 45 minutes, like, wasn't good. But, like, when I tightened it up to five minutes, like, yeah, yeah there was some jokes in there. Yep, yep. Um. So, it, yeah, like right out of the gate, it felt like, cool, I have material. Cause That's cool. I have a lot to build off of. Or That's great. I, I never did long sets when I was starting. It was always like I was I threw myself into the open mic world. I was doing like three to five a night for the first year. Mm. I think I might have done almost a thousand. Wait, three to five a night? Yeah. Five nights a week, at least, m- minimum, for my first year. I was like so What's obsessed. Wrong with you? So many things. <laughs> um and uh, but I was like obsessive. I kept a spreadsheet for my first two years of doing stand-up where I listed every open mic that I did, what bits I did, how long the set was, what was good and bad, and then I rated it out of ten. It was like I was like really in, obsessed with becoming good yeah, those yeah. first two years. But I never 
got booked on shows that were more than like the seven or eight minute spot at Flappers. Uh, so I never did a oh, 20. Oh, so you started in LA. You didn't start in Sacramento. No, dude, I started in LA, uh, which is another thing that a lot of people probably shouldn't do because it's very <laughs> yeah. uh, soul crushing. Because you'll be at an open mic and Brent Morin or Fahim walk in, and you know, at the time, they're like seven or eight years in. Yeah. You're a first year looking at these guys like gods. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck, that's what I'm going up against. Right. Um, or like Dalia will pop in. And I remember that happening so much. And to me, my competitive side kicked in because I played sports my whole life. So to me, it was it was never like a, ah, fuck, I'm never going to be that good. It was always a, fuck that dude. I'm going to work <laughs> harder than him and be better than him. And so I, I tried. I worked so hard those first two years, but I was never getting feature spots or like closing spots. I also kind of wasn't interested in like super big headline spots yet. I really wanted those eight minute spots. Yeah. And so my material and my show or my, my, uh, my set for those book spots of like eight minutes became one minute bits strung together. Kind of like, uh, if you ever watch a Robin Williams special, he'll just go like through, he could touch on 10 different topics yeah. within 60 seconds. It felt like that for me those first couple of years where there was never a through line. It was always like a one minute bit, two minute bit, 30 second bit, one minute bit, two minute bit. Good night. Yeah. And I still kind of struggle with that. Cause now I'll have like a couple bits that are like one or two minutes each, but I can string them together and it becomes kind of like a 10 minute chunk mm. on a certain topic or within a certain lane, but it still feels like I'm, um, so influenced by those early years of like trying to hammer down the best two minute open mic set I could. And then using that two minute set in a longer set. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. I, I feel like I have a very similar thing, but at some point I, I was just like, I guess this is just who I am. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just have shorter jokes. You know? Yeah. You just, and I accepted that too. Cause I would watch people like Nate Bargatze or, um, uh, what what's his name? What I should have said was nothing. What's his name? He's a great storyteller, stand up comic. I can't believe I'm not thinking of his name right now. Uh, he, he he's uh you know who I'm talking about. And you're throwing me under the bus. He's a stand up. He's um, god damn it, Jamie. Can you look that up, please? Uh, we have young Jamie in the building. Um, to look it up. What I should have said was nothing. I just saw this dude's. Thing. Mike Birbiglia. Uh, so like people like Mike Birbiglia or Nate Bargatze who can tell 10 to 15 minute stories that yeah. are like insanely funny. I envy that. That's so cool. It's never been my style. Yeah. I don't know if it Same. ever will be. I, I mean, I'd like to have a story like that. And I'm sure I've had experiences where if they have had those experiences, they would turn it into like a 10 or 15 minute story. Yeah. But I turn it into like a two minute bit and a character or a character or an impression or something like that, you know? So it's just a different style, I guess. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned Brent Morin early on. Cause he was like such a big kind of influence for me when oh, I cool. started too. I, yeah. I mean, we, I'm sure we started around the same year, uh, or close to it. I think you started much earlier than me. If you started in college. Well, Oh nine. Yeah. I didn't start till, uh, 2014. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's way later. Yeah. I feel old. Yeah. But we're the same age. I mean, I'm 17. So, 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. If Hollywood was listening. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, for me, Brent, uh, he was one of those headliners that always came through Fresno. I mean, my God, that guy would be oh, yeah. like two months, it felt like. Yeah. And he would just crush it every single time. And uh, I always felt like, well, I'm featuring for, like, I got a match. I can't have him look down on me. Right, you know? right, right. Um, that's important, I feel like, in comedy. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can tell when you see comics who have been doing it for like 15 years and they're still not funny. You're just like, you yeah, who you're surrounded with. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a benefit of being in L.A. because you can't st- stay neutral in L.A. You'll never yeah. get anywhere. Um, and then I, I in a lot of other cities, I'll see people that are like the king of that city, mm-hmm. but they, they don't really move. Some don't. Some come to L.A. like um, uh, Ron Funches, you know, and immediately pop. And are great because yeah. they put in so much work in their like satellite city, Portland or Austin. Or it's changing now, you know. Yeah, now all those cities are becoming their own thing. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the only difference really like is acting. I feel like like if you you can't really yeah have like a full blown TV acting career in you know where in Seattle or whatever, but right. you can definitely be a full time stand up comic and mm-hmm. be and super fun or to an tour. internet comedian. Yeah, you can do that anywhere. Yeah, the the internet changed everything, dude. Yeah, I know because everyone's moving to Texas right now. Yeah, that's a big thing. Have you ever thought about moving out of LA? No, because I act well acting, and then my family's in Fresno, so it's like a oh, right. I'm at a great distance where I'm. Yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. My okay. mom's in Davis, so I feel like I'm at a good distance. <laughs> yeah, too. you're like I can visit whenever I want. It's a one day trip, but exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think I. Yeah, I can. Eh. I don't. Th- I'm not because of that. Because of family, because of acting. I also just love California, dude. Yeah. I love it. I mean, there's there's a lot of shittiness. There's a lot of bullshit with politics and policies and things like that. But it that's it comes in waves oh, to Oh, we me. take it for granted, like the yeah. geography alone, you know. Bro, you weather. could draw you could leave right now from my apartment and within two and a half hours you could either be at the beach, the forest, the snow, yeah. the desert. It's unbelievable. Mexico, a, a lake, like Mexico, <laughs> a different country. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah. So outside of like places like San Francisco or LA, it really becomes like not overrun with bad shit to, yeah, me, yeah. to me. And uh, I get asked a lot when I'm on the road, um, people will be like, dude, you got to get out of California. Like, is it really as bad there? And I'm always like, not, no, it's over-exaggerated. Yeah. Like in a huge way. Um, there's definitely issues, but it's not a third world country. <laughs> the, the way a lot of people right. make it out to be like, I'll see memes and like conservative talking points about how terrible California is. And it's overrun with, with crime and homelessness. And yeah, there's a couple places like that, but the majority of California is really chill. Yeah. It's like even right now during a pandemic, like it's very not crazy. Um, but parts of it are, and yeah. I don't think it'll be that way forever. Yeah. And there's always something to do too, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm at that point where I'm starting to go back to, uh, you know, starting to get to headline certain road shows for like the second or third time mm-hmm. and going like, I don't know what to do when I'm there now because I did all the touristy stuff the yeah. first two times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm really out of things to do. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like you can never do in LA. <laughs> There's a billion things I've never done in LA and I've yeah. been here for years, you know. And it's totally. not like I don't do stuff. It's just there's so much to do. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Is there anywhere that you haven't been to perform that you really want to? Um, well, I've never been to Hawaii, so I want an excuse oh, to go cool. to Hawaii. To yeah, yeah. Uh, I've actually never been to New York either. Really? NYC, baby. Dude, uh, I feel like you would crush in New York. You yeah. got it. You, yeah, because you're so punchy. Your stuff is so well written. And, and East Coast, too. East Coast in general. I've only ever been to Florida. And that really? Doesn't, that doesn't count. No. Yeah. Because Florida is a different country. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, never, never been. To, well, I, I did a college showcase in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. But uh, one in of terms the NACAs? Of like, yeah, uh, yeah. APCA. Oh, cool. That yeah. was the day shit went down. That was the day all it did. Really? I tell you about that? That was uh-uh. my first college showcase. I ended up doing APCA and it was going to be the biggest year they've ever had. Was it, it was last March? Uh, it was March. Uh, let's see. I flew on Friday the 13th and then it was, yeah, the 14th. Fifteen. So it was. It was literally the day all the colleges closed. Wow. And I was at the college conference. So they were telling us that because there's all these emergency meetings, and it was like, yesterday we had 55 schools that were going to be here, um, it, which was a record for them, and it was down to like 12, and yeah. I think even then like eight showed up or something. Yeah. And. Yeah, it was just, it was madness. Because all these kids were like, I, they just closed my college today. I don't know if I have a place to live now. Like, oh, the were co- <laughs> and you're like, well, out. book me. <laughs> yeah. Come on. And I'm like, hey, guys. I was giving out lollipops yeah. at the booth. <laughs> yeah. Book me in the future. They're like, we don't even know what the present is like, let alone the future. Damn. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, my birthday was on the first day of lockdown. Oh, really? March 16th. It was on the day... Uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti closed everything <laughs> and we played Scrabble in my apartment. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, do you know people in New York? Do you know comics in New York? Uh, a couple. Yeah. You could do a run out there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's Especially tough, now, like, now that you're juiced up with the, yeah, it's like tough, like money wise going to a big city cause they never pay yeah. well. Right. You're, right. Right. You're going right. to eat the cost. So, but sometimes that's worth it just to meet people and like establish relationships. Like I remember my first couple of years, I would take these trips out of town for like a weekend or a week. And I knew I was going to lose 500 bucks, 600 bucks, but it ended up being worth it. Cause I would meet a couple of comics who could bring me back for like a paid show or, um, to me it was at the time it was worth it just to get 50 new Instagram followers. Yeah. Like to me, that was a currency and it is, it still is a currency. So I, I would go, I would like submit for a festival in the middle of Fucktown nowhere, get in, go spend three or four days there, meet a bunch of comics and then come back with a hundred new Instagram followers and feel like so fulfilled. Mm. Cause to me that, that wasn't a loss. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely did that a little more with festivals, but mm-hmm. I also like, I don't know about you, but like, when was the last time you went on a vacation that had absolutely nothing to do with comedy? Oh man. Three years ago. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. it's been a while. But also no, because I, I went with my mom and sister to Europe and I was like desperately looking for shows to do. <laughs> and I ended up doing like three shows in Europe. Yeah. So it, there you go. I so like, remember. yeah, I don't know. You're probably like me. We're like, this is, it's also vacation. Like yeah. at the same yeah. time when you're yeah. traveling. So I am trying to do stuff. You know, you don't want to fall in that hole of like, oh, I just never, I'm never productive because I'm out on the road all the time and every life's a vacation. You're like, yeah. So you're trying to be productive, but at the same time, I, you know, I do like to go see stuff. I'll be like, okay, I got an hour. Like, what can I go? Are you a museum do? guy? Yeah, I, museums. Bro, I love museums, dude. Dude, photo spot. I'm going to shout him. What's photo spot? F O T O spot. Uh-huh. They got to sponsor me, man. I've been telling everybody about you. What photo is photo spot? spot? So it's this app 
that do you have an iPhone? Is that yeah. an iPhone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it just tells you based on where you are stuff to do. Like really, some of it's random, like largest fork in the world, and some of it's like, <laughs> do I saw a nuclear missile? Uh, well, I saw a nuclear missile, uh, and the Cold War like went underground like 30 minutes south of Tucson. Cause I was like, what's near me? Um, yeah, dude, it's so cool. I'm like number one in so many States and you're probably going to beat me. Cause it, you, you can, you can get you check in. Dude, it's kind of a weird, I don't know how they're getting money. So you, you check in when you're there, you have to be like within a, you know, 0.1 miles. So you got to be there. Yeah. Uh, you check in, you get points and then it like ranks you, but also, uh, for it's, it's so weird. Once you have a certain amount of points, you get free merch. You just use those what? points to be like, yeah, I'll get a t-shirt from them, a beanie from them or whatever. Wow. So like, yeah, so you can cool. see like just based. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. This, and they, you they click on the map wall with the wings. You can click on the map if you want to. And it, and it shows. has different spots. What a cool app. Yeah. Photo spot. And so you click on different states or you could just go like use the map and like go, you know, anywhere and then click what, you know, what are the spots to do in this? And so some of it, it's very like, I don't know why more people haven't seen it. Cause it's super Instagram worthy, you know? It's yeah. A, let's look in Missoula, Montana. So random. Why did you pick that? Show photo spots in this area. Oh, nothing in Missoula, Montana. Hey, Missoula, Montana. Nothing at all? Get some cool shit to do, Missoula. No, there's what two. What are you doing? You got to click the show photo spot. I see two. Oh, I didn't see any. Look, it says no photo spots in this area. What? Oh, maybe you're too, you're probably too zoomed in. Cause it's only gonna oh, show. you got to zoom out a little bit? Yeah. There's Fort Missoula. Oh, okay. All right, Missoula. All right, you got two spots. One's an airport. Smoke, <laughs> smoke jumper visitor center? What the f- that's that's in the airport. A small but interesting place dedicated to highlighting the experience that smoke jumpers go through. That's a superhero. That's a fake superhero. A smoke <laughs> jumpers. They just cast smoke and jump through it, and they end up in a different time space. Is that where continuum? Marvel's at now? They're like, we've, we've got <laughs> yeah. three hundred superheroes. <laughs> smoke jumper, dude. This is cool, dude. Only Holy shit! I'm so in. happy you told me about this. Because, dude, I love weird shit when I'm on the road. That's my favorite part of traveling. I know people that despise all aspects of traveling. They hate mm. going to the airport. They hate flying. They hate renting a car. They hate driving. They only enjoy the show. And I'm, I, I think early on just kind of embraced all that as yeah. like, okay, they're not paying me for the show. They're paying me to travel. Yeah. The yeah. show is fun. The travel is what they're paying me for. And then it became like, okay, well, if the travel is what they're paying me for. Let me make the travel fun too. And so I was driving through, I did this gig um, a couple years ago where I was driving from one side of Missouri to the other. It was from St. Louis to Joplin. So St. Louis is on the east side of Missouri, mm-hmm. and Joplin is on the... It's like southwest, is that right? Northwest, oh. Oh, I think. Okay. Or is it south? Well, it's far west, far west side of Missouri. And I rented a car, and I drove, because the flight was going to cost way more than the car rental. So I drove from one side to the other, and I passed through like the most beautiful foresty landscape in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it was like crappy farmland, but this forest area was awesome. Saw a Confederate flag for the first time in person. And I was like, well, not going to stick around here. Um, but then I came up, I came across this little shack type restaurant that had a sign out front that said organic lamb burgers. And they were like local lamb burgers. And I walked in, I was like, what's this lamb burger all about? And they're like, come on in, sit down. And they were talking about their food. It's all organic, like super uh, locally raised, farm raised, grass fed, like very, very. And these are like stereotypical Midwestern farmer people. So 
and they were really nice. And then I kept driving after the lamb burger, which was delicious. And I passed by this sign that said National Vacuum Museum. Bam. That's a that's and I was like, bro, that's got to be in photo spot. I stopped and I went into the vacuum museum. I got the whole tour. I saw every vacuum that's ever been made from the very first vacuum, literally ever, up through the newest Dysons and the progression of like how the bag works and how, dude. When I tell you that was one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. Like stopping at a vacuum museum in the middle of nowhere was like life affirming. It was so fun. Please tell me you got a t-shirt that says this museum. I got sucks. one. I got, they had that. <laughs> they had that. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's, uh, it, I, di- I don't know if I got that or a sticker. I think I got the sticker. Um, but it said like, went to the vacuum museum. It sucks. Like stuff like that. Totally. And the guy that owned it, like is a vacuum expert. And like, it was oh, just, it better be. of course. Um, but stuff like that is just so fun to me. Like, yeah. That's such a cool part of the saying. travel experience. And it's funny how many places like that. I know um, people used to always say that uh, Squim, I think that's how you say it in Washington. What's Have that? you done that gig? It's like, mm. it's somehow west of Seattle, which you're like, that's impossible. But there's like the peninsula thingy in Washington. Yeah. So it's like north, but you could almost like see Canada from there, super far north. Mm-hmm. Um and was like, oh, God, that gig, blah, blah, blah. Like, the venue's nice. The show's cool. But, like, oh, God, yeah, middle of yeah. nowhere, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I go up there. I was like, all right. First off, it's, like, beautiful. There's, like, free, I mean, it's, like, freaking northern Washington. There's, like, yeah. trees everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, uh, super close to the ocean and all that. And then I'm, like, looking up stuff to do. There's, like, so much random stuff to do. Really? I, I ended up going. You know that me or is a gif? Uh from like I don't know years ago with like the bear that's sitting there and then all of a sudden it just like yeah waves. yeah yeah it just waves yeah that bear is from Squim oh cool so you could go see that bear and it was a drive through the bear is still there it was a drive through safari park yeah there's there there's a couple of them now they're called the waving bears what <laughs> yeah are they trained are they raised in captivity I uh, well I I, yeah, I don't know when they got there they or, must be if they or, can wave yeah <laughs> yeah it's hilarious I don't know if that's a natural move <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah have you ever been one of those drive through no yes yeah, so you take your own car and I'm like I'm in a rental car I don't care yeah and there's just like full on bison and stuff coming up to your cars and this one so I did one oh my god dude I did one in Arizona that was about how I imagined it would be it was like okay you drive through and there's no gates up to the car but like please you know doors must be locked you must have your windows up and all that so uh and it was super cool and i was like oh my god i'm so close to all these animals and then i go to this one in in washington and uh i pay for my ticket and it's it was super cheap uh and, and then they go like yeah for i don't know like two dollars uh we give you a loaf of bread and i was like for what <laughs> like to eat and they're like i don't feed the animals and i was like feed wait bread? i don't have to like keep my windows up and they're like Ah, oh, just don't get out of your car. Uh, they're like, oh, except for the one area where you can get out of your car, which there was an area. Dude, the whole, it was the Wild West. This is man. in Arizona? You're just like throwing. No, this one was in Washington. You're mm-hmm. just like feeding bread to like bison. Whoa. Like full on. Like, and they're coming up. To, I was so scared. Dude, that's terrifying. So I had a loaf of, of bread. They're so big. Yeah. Dude, bison loaf, are huge, dude. Massive. I had a loaf of bread in one hand mm-hmm. and then my hand on the steering wheel <laughs> on the other. And I'm trying to like not hit the red because then they see you have food and then like a herd of bison start coming towards you whoa it, it was it was the same it was wild. so much fun yeah and then the bear i fed the feet the waving bears too Apparently cool they did they wave at you wheat bread uh no i didn't <laughs> get them to wave <laughs> All right. i was trying i'm like waving the i have a video <laughs> where i'm like waving at them 
My like like these weren't the waving bears. I was just looking like, idiot <laughs> yeah, waving to bears. Yeah. I was like, come on, wave, wave. No, wait. All right, here's bread anyway. And then, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, it's like when what you a weird thing up, to feed them bread. I, I would <laughs> never guess it would be bread. But they're like, it has to be 100 percent wheat. Like it has to be our bread. Or oh, okay. But. You can't be bringing in some Sara Lee white bread. <laughs> no. Yeah. You can't just be like, here's some Texas toast. <laughs> some <Yeah>. hot dog buns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I was in Thailand, we fed elephants bananas, and they would eat the whole thing, peel and everything. Oh, really? They just straight up put it in, like, just grabbed it with their trunk. Because the elephant's trunk is so flexible, it can grasp a flower stem. Like, oh, that's wow. how much it can curve. And so they would reach out and grab it and just put it in their mouth. It's pretty cool. I thought you were gonna. You're aiming to. I thought you were gonna like. And they just put, it in, <laughs> put the, it in their little pocket. The front pocket. <laughs> put it in there, uh, dude. Face to face with a bison. That's pretty wild, man. That's oh, like, dude. There's one like licking my car. I'll have to show you the video after this. Is like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I was so scared because I was so saying this. Oh, and the only rule they're like, and don't like stop. Like always keep it a small rule. Even when you're feeding them, like try to keep going. Especially they said, especially near the bison, because they'll start charging your car. That's oh, what they said shit. to me. I was like, okay. So of course the car in front of me stops. Oh no. And he's blocking the road and you can't go off road because yeah. there's like bison everywhere. And yeah. So I'm just like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. The bison's <laughs> coming towards me and he sees I have bread and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm so scared. That's so wild, man. Have you ever eaten bison? <laughs> have, you, have you ever have you ever eaten the this thing that you were feeding? Such a great transition. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. Uh, not grass fed, but bread fed. Bread uh, fed bison. bison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've had a bison burger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is that that's? I cook yeah. bison a lot. Oh, like okay. ground ground bison. It's I remember eating it and being like, man, it tastes like I, I couldn't tell the difference. Maybe I'm not I don't maybe I'm not sophisticated. Your palate isn't sophisticated yeah. enough, sure. Yeah. But yeah, it just tastes like beef. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it better than beef. Especially when it's Is bread, it like bread fed. To leaner? me it's, it's uh it's leaner and it's got just a better taste. Like mm. uh it's more like um not gamier, but maybe like richer. Uh when I make a sauce out of it. Mm. I don't know, beef at this point to me is kinda like a it's um like bland, but I cook a lot. Okay. Like I, I got really into pasta during quarantine. That became my thing. Really? Yeah. I made a whole food Instagram page. I'm a food just blogger for now. pasta. Yeah. It's called Brent's food. Look at this. Dude. How do you, I, I'm just curious how you have enough. Thi- like I only know a few things you could do with pasta. You have a whole Instagram of pasta. Stuff. Oh yeah. 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 It's uh, it's, it's Brent's food. Um, I look didn't at even that, know dude. you did this. Yeah. So I started, I, I've, I've always cooked like uh, oh, wow. my grandparents are very Italian and my grandfather taught me how to make sauce when I was young. And then over the years, like in junior high, I took a cooking class and fell in love with the cooking. And my mom taught me how to make pasta when I was super young. And so I always cooked for holidays. I was always like the guy that I made dinner. Um, do you actually make the pasta? Like I do, yeah. Like what? handmade, yeah, yeah, with the eggs, and I put it all together, and I knead it, and I form it, and then put it through the crank, and cut it into different Why shapes. Why aren't you selling that as merch? I want to. That's <laughs> like legit. Like I want to. I want to grow this food page to the point where I can like create a pasta brand because <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Um, so now I'm doing pasta usually just on Sundays during quarantine, dude. I was doing it four to five times a week, and I was getting like big. <laughs> like big, like like I I could never get like like fat, uh-huh. but I was getting like thick with three C's, you know. That seems yeah. like it would take. Does it take you forever too to make to like 
It's uh, it's about twenty minutes to form the dough, and then you let the dough rest for thirty minutes to an hour, and then it takes thirty to forty-five minutes to create the pasta noodles, depending on what the noodles are. And you did that every day for like three to five days or whatever. You think? Yeah, I did that four times oh, a week man. for like six months straight during quarantine. I just imagine you like when you started out with comedy, just like you have a spreadsheet on it. You have yeah. which pasta sauce you <laughs> yeah. use. I do. I you do have that. It. <laughs> I do. I, I haven't rated it, but I have a spreadsheet <laughs> with like the different sauces that I've made now. Uh, so my dream is to make a cookbook. I want to make a cookbook with dope. a bunch of different recipes, like, yeah. a, like a funny cookbook. That's easy. Merch. So it's like, yeah. So it's fun to read and there's different like stories, but there's also a ton of recipes Just working in it. jokes in there. Yeah. It's like fun <laughs> bits about pasta and like food bits. The um, food was really good, but man, he mentions Gavin Newsom a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's just like a little more than I thought. A political he would agenda. A, a recipe. Book. <laughs> yeah. Spaghetti bolognese. A la Andrew Cuomo. Uh, <laughs> Maybe there's a market for there that. There could be. After you eat this pasta, hide the numbers of uh, elderly people that died <laughs> in your city. Um, <laughs> like, wait, did I miss a section? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be funny, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, well, bro, we just we're doing pretty good here. How do you feel? Oh, I feel good. Do we good? start? Yeah, we just started uh, an hour and ten minutes ago. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. forgot to ask, like, how I was like, I don't even know how long we're going. It's usually like an hour to an hour and a half. Nice. But I feel pretty good. That's good. You feel good? I feel good. Um, where can people find you? Oh, I'm off the grid, man. Hell I yeah, I just decided baby. I'm off. <laughs> Word of mouth only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except I have to sell a book, so I'm yeah. online for that. Yeah. Um, no, I, my website's got everything, com. U.S. Also, the book, of course, is on my website, but you can also, if you forget, it like reroutes you to my website. But nice. it's Zoo. I'll, I'll link it on the description and in a comment. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Zoo2062.com. And then I am starting out. So I didn't stop doing live streams. I am now. It's just kind of a hybrid, like basically on my off nights because there's, mm-hmm. there's no like local shows. I'm like yeah. still doing live streams. So it's like two to three a week and I'm moving it all over to Twitch. Smart. Yeah. Dude, Twitch is huge. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be twitch.tv slash Dan each and my first Twitch show is tomorrow night. So nice. Uh, this will not be out yet, but I hope you had a good time. So it's at some point in the past. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Is your first show. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'll be doing it multiple times. So you go on my website, figure out when I'm going to be there. And so for Twitch, are you a gamer? So I'm actually even, I'm, I'll sometimes do games, but it's, I've been looking more into it and I'm like, dude, there's people doing what I, there's people just talking. Oh yeah. Dude, I had no idea. I thought Twitch was only for gaming. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, But there's people cooking. There's people doing live DJ sets. There's people just talking, Mm -hmm. makeup tutorials. It's wild. Yeah. It seems really cool. Yeah. It's going to be all kinds of things. I'll have different segments. I'll have guests on. I'll be doing stand up every time for at least like five minutes or something. Nice. And, um, play games can be a good time that's really cool dude yeah. are you gonna make that into a weekly did you say or just whenever so it's called i call my sh- it's called uh off night live it's on mm-hmm. my off nights uh, oh cool okay so yeah i have i'm off uh you know this week uh, yeah. which is tuesday wednesday or uh what's today wednesday thursday uh so i got wednesday thursday sh- uh streams are you gonna post about it on your instagram whenever you're gonna do the twitch thing yeah i'll post about it everywhere and it'll be cool. on my website too actually the way my uh, site is set up too you can actually if there if it's a live show where you could buy tickets 
you can click the button and buy tickets, but on those streams, you click the button and it'll take you right to my Twitch page. Nice. So Okay. Uh, bro, I'd love to come on if you do guest segments again. Let's do it. That'd be great. Definitely. We'll love talk to. about photo spot spots. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, we'll, I'm so we'll see excited. see what state's your number one you in. You put photo spot in my life? Yeah. Oh, I'm going. I'm, I want to be number one all over. <laughs> now, now I'm driven. Um, cool, bro. I love you so much. Yeah, Thanks for man, cruising. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. It's good Hell to yeah. see you. Good to talk to you. You good too, to bro. I'm excited for the you, book. Good to taste. Oh, yeah the air around you oh yeah dude fuck yeah let's fuck dude <laughs> all right everybody bye and that's it for episode 60 family thank you so much for cruising and chilling chilling and cruising um follow danny just get his book day at the zoo in 2062 hilarious book awesome short stories and see him live and follow his uh twitch that he's gonna launch um when he starts doing more live streaming online super funny dude well-deserving of uh, love and appreciation and respect. And respect your own body with Cogabiotics from Bioptimizers. You like that shit? Just worked in an ad read, baby. We move fluidly through these ads. We move fluidly. You know why? Because I respect your time. I'm not going to waste it with bullshit, okay? Blueblocks.com slash Brent for the glasses. Cognobiotics.com slash Brent Pella for the supplement that I love and enjoy and take every day. Um, guys, have a wonderful week, okay? I love you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.